Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, Eden. Hi, Ione. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester and the author of Poor Little Sick Girls. And I'm Eden, the socials editor of Polyester Scene. This is The Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast. We pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all. Before we get started, please like, rate, review and subscribe. And today we have a new review from Maddie. Kakaka <laughs> in Great Britain five stars my new mates the polyester podcast is like you're at a party and you hear two people talking and you're like oh my god I totally feel the same finally someone's talking about blank now you're best friends and chat every week how cute is that that is such a cute review I love it so yeah please leave us a review and we will read it out on the podcast woo, 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 woo. thank you Maddie Kakaka so today is part two of our deep dive into toxic masculinity last week we talked about bro culture of the early noughties so if you haven't listened go and catch up today what are we talking about Eden? So we're talking about the return of bro culture and toxic masculinity and how it's kind of taken a new form so less in the form of like music and films and television programs and it's kind of shifted onto other platforms like podcasts and other forms of social media. Yeah, it's very interesting because we did the, um, every week, if you don't follow us on Instagram, we do these like polls and question boxes relating to the podcast. And I can't remember what the question was, Eden. Do you remember what it was? I can't remember. (laughs) course, I wrote it as well. (laughs) Yeah, Eden literally wrote it, but okay. (laughs) It was something about like, what do you think bro culture is now? Or like, what do you think of bro culture? Did it ever go away? And loads of people were saying that it's basically incel culture and we that's what we wanted to discuss anyway so great news that you are on the same track as us I also thought another really interesting thing that someone brought up in the question box was that they were saying how in all those like early noughties films the trope of like the hot girl getting with kind of the underdog like getting with the guy that was a nerd or whatever kind of led the way for incel culture which I like totally agree with but had never put together before yeah, that's so true. Like the the hot girl kind of always getting the guy that's in the background or slowly realising that she loves him. And then that creates this sense of like entitlement. Yeah, exactly. Like entitlement in the nerds. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm saying this as a nerd apologist, not an insult apologist though. Fuck the incels. Yeah. So where, where shall we start, Eden? Oh my God. <laughs> there is a lot to dig into. Yeah. So... I think 
we maybe started talking about this because of the Vice article, The Strange Allure of Extreme Alpha Male Influences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is by Tom Usher. Yeah. And it kind of looks at like how people like Andrew Tate, him obviously because he's been in the internet news a lot recently, but also there's like loads of them. So it's looking at why they become so popular so quickly. And the article says it's easy to see why some men are getting bored of more traditional role models and looking towards wilder, more extreme influences. These figureheads often come across as ordinary guys with extraordinary lives. There's an element of I could have what they have with the right mindset. I also think the values and behaviours of these alphas expound are often really aligned with hustle and bro culture. And then politically as well, often these alpha influences are very right-wing, outspoken, anti-woke, and that resonates with a lot of men. Yeah. It's so interesting as well, isn't it? Because another reason why we wanted to talk, obviously this has kind of been bubbling under the surface, this like far-right internet man has been bubbling under the surface for probably like half a decade now, but it really felt like until 2020, the prominent kind of cultural thing was obviously feminism which led into girl boss culture and corporate feminism Mm -hmm. and it's interesting reading this quote where it's like I could have what they have with the right mindset because that is so similar to girl boss culture it's like if you hustle hard enough you can have it yeah it's exactly the same way of thinking that obviously not everyone can have what they have because it's like really hard to achieve that but they're so good in like trying to make you feel like you can have what they have like no one's gonna become a millionaire like no it's not gonna happen but yeah it really puts you in the frame of mind of thinking that it could happen is andrew tate the boys molly may <laughs> <laughs> with some of the stuff she said i'm gonna say yes no that's yeah. not true at all molly may is andrew tate is honestly scum yeah he's nasty nasty man he's dark-sided wait who is he for anyone that doesn't know eden I feel like it's like a storm, like it's come and gone really quickly. It has. So I was listening to someone's live stream, Jenny, who does a Red Room podcast, where she said that she looked at like the Google searches for Andrew Tate and basically there was none in like April and May. And then in July, he was Googled more than Kim Kardashian and Donald Trump put together. And now he's been deleted off Instagram, deleted off Facebook deleted off all mm. social media um so yeah like you said it's, it, it was a real not a flash in the pan moment but his fame was really really quick and then kind of has gone in an instant but he's mm-hmm. like a he made his money through having a webcam girl company where he was making six hundred thousand pounds a year he had 75 girls on the payroll at one point uh, and they were only getting paid 20 percent of the money that they made this is the thing like he's a misogynist he hates women he thinks women should do everything that he tells them to do but he is only successful because of women Mm -hmm. (laughs) so contradictory in one interview he said he was a feminist because he gives the girls 20 percent of the money that they earned on the webcam company and if you work for like a capitalist company like mcdonald's you're getting paid a lot less than 20 percent. so he's basically saying it's almost like a, a coherent anti-capitalist thought saying that like people should be getting paid for the work that they do, but it's not at all. Yeah, it's like it slips in like as half a second of sense yeah. just to shroud like all his awfulness. Yeah, and I think what's so interesting about him is before this, I feel like a lot of prominent, well, this is kind of diff- lots of different waves to it and we'll talk about them all probably, but like the prominent far right 
incel culture before Trump is probably more accurate actually was like a really uncool man like a loser like kind of like sitting in mum's basement trying to get girls on the internet learning all these pickup techniques blah 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 but very categorically uncool whereas it feels like with all these podcast bros like Andrew Tate, Joe Rogan, whoever, whatever, it's now becoming this more aspirational thing. Yeah. Dan Blazarian as well, remember him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where it's this this culture of misogyny and hating women and uh, wanting them to do everything that you tell them to do has gone from the depths of someone's basement to now getting millions and millions of views on TikTok. The Vice piece about the male influencers they interviewed, Thomas interviewed, um, I've got a quote from Annie Kelly, who did a PhD mm-hmm. in digital anti-feminism and the far right. And some something that she said in that literally blew, not blew my mind, but I was like, oh my God, she's so right. She says that there is an effect on social media in which the most radical hardline rhetoric rises to the top because it drives so much engagement. So if you say the most insane, misogynistic things, everyone who disagrees with you, they're going to push it up to the top. And everyone who who agrees with you, they're also going to push it to the top. And then that's why Andrew Tate has worked so well on TikTok because so many people are commenting saying, I hate this guy, I hate this guy. But you're only making him more popular. More famous. Also, I feel like this is so... I don't know if it's a change in the algorithm on Instagram because yeah I think TikTok has always been like it and it's something that like me and you and the polyester team have observed from being on TikTok in the last couple of years like I remember one of like the first viral TikTok video we had for the podcast was like the one about trad wives and it really angered the trad wives and I think that's why it went so big yeah but then I feel like recently and I don't know this for certain Instagram has tweaked its algorithm to be more like the TikTok one so for example when we did the podcast on AI voices all being feminine literally let me see how many views that video has actually because I was fighting for my dear life in the comment section so it has 400,000 views the one where it's literally like a five second clip of me talking about how the internet was built under the male gaze and for some reason it attracted the incels so hard like every single day I'm fighting for my life I'm blocking incels that are literally like telling us to go kill ourselves all of this stuff and it was similar with the other TikTok the other podcast video about like Marvel being bad that really attracted the alt-right boys to come and kill us yeah it's people that have never don't even know what polyester is I've never interacted with us in in their lives definitely don't follow us yeah are all kind of piling onto us and then you just think how how were they finding this video? Yeah. And it's so scary as well because, like, I'd look at a few of the people's profiles because sometimes, like, the block button is literally the best thing to ever exist in the whole world. But sometimes I'd check to see if they were already following polyester or whatever. And it would literally be, like, men with kids. Like, they'd have, like, toddlers in their profile picture or, like, boys in their profile picture. And these are men that are literally raising boys to just go harass people on the internet. Yeah. It's it's terrifying. And it's also terrifying that the algorithm is pushing content that might be from a feminist slant to those kind of people. Yeah, and it's not in a, like, open your eyes and learn way. It's, like, literally just to attract this, like, vitriol of cross-section arguments or whatever. Like, it's not helpful for anyone. And I think that's something that's really changing about the internet as well. Like, I remember when we used to speak about incels, like, even just a few years ago on the podcast and everywhere else, they were kind of like 
or alt-right even they were kind of you know everyone was talking about echo chambers and like living in your bubbles and it was like you had a vague sense that these people existed but not really whereas now everyone is actually just talking to each other all the time online like we everyone's fighting with each other you are pushed content that is like counterintuitive to the algorithm because it's stuff you definitely don't like yeah do you think that it's now working against us um I think it's like eye-opening to see I mean it could be a couple of things as well because it could be that they're more present in our Instagrams in our comment section because it is like a rising popular thought like it is a rising behavior whereas maybe it was more niche a few years ago and now it's like the kind of overriding way for men to be I don't know like I'm not saying all men are like that not all men hashtag but I definitely feel that it's not good because it's not healthy engagement like it's basically allowing women and marginalized people to be abused online yeah that's literally it and it's it's coming from a place of dissatisfaction with life but it's been pointed at the wrong people yeah yeah exactly our little feminist podcast about ai is not the issue here (laughs) (laughs) but when people are dissatisfied it's easier to just uh punch down than punch up yeah, totally. So what else did you research, Eden? Eden did excellent research for the podcast this week, Thank may you. I say. I went into like a full rabbit hole, like like one in the morning watching Andrew Tate on loads of podcasts. <laughs> oh my God. Boss. My house. Yeah. But then also you can't deny the, the like the entertainment value of him. Like this man in a suit who looks like Pitbull wearing sunglasses with this bizarre accent talking about his Bugatti and like just saying the most outlandish things it's like uh, it's like a car crash you can't look away from yeah that's what I was gonna say it definitely is like that car crash thing right like I feel like maybe because we had these bubbles on the internet or whatever now when we see this content I mean you can see it in why other content that even like liberal or leftist content kind of gets really big as well it's because it feeds into shock for whichever other group um and it's really concerning and I know one of the things we were talking about which I think is really interesting is that when we were talking about bro culture it was kind of like regulated bro culture so obviously not like when we're talking about the sexual assault at Woodstock or all these other things all the horrible hazing that went on in frat houses but the way that filtered through culture was very much through like means of films television music that has like such hierarchical systems of power whereas now it's literally just the internet which is still so unregulated yeah I think I kind of mentioned this like in the research saying that everything's moved on to a different format now so anyone with a camera and a mic can start a podcast and put it on Spotify and say whatever the hell they want whereas before it was regulated by tv networks and like uh like film companies I don't know what the word is (laughs) Do you think that it would ever be, because I don't know, it's it's something I remember, okay, so I watch loads of like shit BBC ITV dramas, mm. and I feel like alt-right in soul culture has filtered through that a little bit, so do you remember that TV show that has the, oh, what's her name, the woman from Line of Duty in it? with the short hair Vicky McClure uh, yeah Vicky McClure yeah. yeah 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 so it has her in it and it's about like a bomb squad and the whole time it's set up so you think that uh, it's probably like the Muslims like planting all these bombs blah 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 and then the twist is that it's actually far-right men who feel like they're not getting shagged enough so I feel like it's filtering 
down into BBC dramas a bit (laughs) but obviously in a very critical way where it's like these are actually the bad guys but do you think any of this thought would actually go into like mainstream television as something aspirational what the 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 incels are the bad guys no that they're the good guys that like this type of masculinity is aspirational and what people should want to do well I think surely it's going to happen eventually I think in terms of like comedy it's it's mm. definitely been happening for the past couple of years. People like Ricky Gervais being transphobic because he thinks it's funny. True, that's so and true. And anti-woke comedians. Oh, you can't say anything these days. Like, well, you can, but why would you want to? I think <laughs> that's the only place where it really seems to be thriving. I think that TV and films are like way too self-aware, way too woke these days. We'll probably never get something like an American Pie. And if we did, it would be about like two lesbian best friends or something like that like it's I feel like in mainstream media at the for the time being anyway it's I feel like it wouldn't happen well there's that film I can't remember what it's called which is very bad that Rachel Senna is doing with the Shiver Baby director and writer they're doing together that's literally like a buddy comedy about two lesbians on a road trip buzzing that does sound good <laughs> Eden predicted it but yeah I feel like anything that's gonna be like a bro comedy back in the day anything like a sex comedy or a teen film is gonna be like it, they're all like too right on now which is a good thing yeah like stuff like book smart and things like that but yeah I feel that maybe the days of the American pies and I don't know what else the euro trips are long gone but then don't you think that, like, in a way, I'm not saying there should be these types of TV because... I- Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I absolutely agree that there shouldn't be ever. But in that, the lack of it being mirrored in popular culture is feeding the internet culture of it a lot more. Like, for example, that um, reel about 
Gen Z having TV and like Marvel being rubbish inspired so many people to be like, yeah, it's all so many men, like far right men to be like, it's not realistic. Fuck these guys. They're all trash. All they care about is the woke agenda, blah, 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 blah. So I feel like it just fuels this far right sentiment amongst young men even more. Yeah, because people don't people don't see themselves this is so funny people don't see themselves <laughs> represented on tv and films anymore so then they have to look for it elsewhere yeah yeah exactly which is a conversation we were having people were having like marginalized people were having 15 years ago it's switched also it's so funny that you're saying not funny but like ironic that you were saying about how this thrives in comedy with like Dave Dave Chappelle, Ricky Gervais, blah, 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 because they're all like middle-aged men. Whereas this is definitely young men that perpetuate this mostly online now. True. Like I wonder if just like men that age wouldn't even be afforded the platform. Younger men. Not that they they shouldn't be. Yeah, Yeah. younger men. (laughs) Yeah, they've not built the, the, the platform yet. But there's always been these people and... We can kick Andrew Tate off the podium, but someone's going to step up to the play and mm. and take his place. I think that's like the weird thing with deplatforming, isn't it? Is that like, I think on TikTok and amongst our generation, it's kind of a bit harder than, for example, like I remember when Katie Hopkins got kicked off Twitter and she literally just disappeared. Like I have not heard of that woman since. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on or what she's doing. But now there's just like, especially if you grew up with the internet there's so many different channels that you can kind of exploit to get your message out there like there's tiktok but then there's also like reddit or 4chan and all these message boards like your mess or even if you get deleted people can share your clips like i've never seen an andrew tate clip just from his like pure account yeah it's people like constantly cross-posting it or stitching it and like that's kind of the culture we live in now yeah you're you're feeding the feed in the machine but I suppose it's just like, how do we even ignore? Because, for example, with the far right men commenting on our Instagram last week, I literally just was not replying to any of them. Like I was blocking and deleting them all mm-hmm. because I just, yeah, obviously I have an awareness of this culture. But then I suppose ignoring it doesn't make it go away either. No, but it's like I said before, it's a they're behaving this way because they're frustrated with things that we don't have control over, like aspects of modern life that they're not satisfied with so they're just putting it somewhere else so it's about fixing those issues first mm-hmm. which is like near impossible yeah it seems like it is impossible because they like how it feels so like pandering to work to meet that to make their lives better yeah when they're actively trying to oppress pretty much every other group on the planet yeah but yeah you need to you need to address like why people feel that way first Mm -hmm. it's like isolation loneliness a dissatisfaction with like capitalism and then that just gets Mm -hmm. turned into this hatred yeah it's interesting that like that's so easily identifiable for us but for them they would never admit that yeah people need to take a step back and do some critical thinking (laughs) but their version of critical thinking is being like women deserve to die yeah it's Do you want to be a, do you want to be a millionaire? Really... Listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like all about trying to meet that system, isn't it? Like, I feel like that rhetoric is still so pervasive online. Like, even though, even with the girl boss stuff, like, we can say the girl boss is dead. Mm-hmm. But someone like Molly May is still super popular. So there's always going to be this kind of desire to better yourself in inverted commas and be like these people you aspire to online and 
I don't think like it's really hard to imagine how to control the type of people that get lifted up to those levels yeah we should just ban all podcasts now see you later last episode guys (laughs) (laughs) we're taking one for the team we are banning podcasts but I think it is it's about censorship not censorship but uh trying to control the the kind of content that goes online like when I was doing some research I was looking at the Joe Rogan pod and how loads of his episodes got deleted off Spotify from years and years ago because he's got like 200,000 episodes because of the content that was in them and he even apologized for it and was like yeah I shouldn't have said those things and then because Spotify like kept some of the episodes up (laughs) Neil Young then took all of his music off Spotify which is just like really funny but he had loads of like covid misinformation and like mm-hmm. slurs and racism and ableist language and stuff but it's kind of proof that you can't get away with it anymore well i also feel like that's such an interesting point because i feel like that's the only way that these men ever do break into like household name territory and it's so insidious because they basically like build their brand on saying these things that are super controversial that they know are controversial. It's kind of like Kanye as well, right? Like you say things for a reaction. Obviously, Kanye built his reputation on his music, so it's kind of like reverse engineered. But like you build your reputation on saying these absolutely awful things that deep down you probably know are awful, but you're seeing them getting reaction online. So you keep doing it, like keep fueling the machine. If you then actually want to be accepted into this like higher level of earning or of visibility on TV, in films, on bigger podcasts, whatever, you have to sanitize yourself. So then it's only men that have the kind of like they're allowed to be like, okay, actually, I apologize. I step back, but take no accountability for it. And they're allowed to like cleanse themselves through the media in this way, which I think kind of is like a co-sign of all of the evil stuff they said in the first place, even if they're denouncing it. It's like, well, if you just tweak one or two things, we'll let you through. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You get some, uh, some like, re- a redemption arc, even though you probably just planned it all along. Exactly, and that means you can, like, straddle the two worlds because it would be so, like, ignorant to think that the people that look up to Andrew Tate and like Trump and Joe Rogan don't make up a huge part of especially America and probably here too so then if they can tweet themselves to like appeal to kind of like nice-minded liberal people Mm -hmm. and also retain their like audience there then they have the best of both worlds yeah and there's a certain way to word things and avoid censorship to get your rhetoric across and then they're trying to make their points of view as shareable and as agreeable as possible. And that's probably why, like, they feed into, like, these stupid arguments about trans people, which obviously just shouldn't be happening at all, because they know that is also a argument that, like, in inverted commas, divides the left. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we can widen our audience by feeding into something like this, which people are, like, less certain on, not us, obviously, like, we really support trans people. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, especially that because it's become such uh, like a dog whistle almost. Like it's just yeah. really riling everyone up for the right reasons and the wrong reasons. And yeah, I guess if they notice that the left are all fighting within their circles about it, then yeah, it's just another way to maybe make people cross over to the other side or mm-hmm. just to get some attention. I thought it's so interesting that like... Um journal that you linked by 
basically the journal article that was called The Alt-Right Neoliberalism, Libertarianism and the Fascist Temptation by Melinda Cooper, which was written last year. And you kind of put down, the alt-right fits none of the previously identified alliances. This is not the neoliberal neoconservatism of the Reagan and Bush years, nor the neoliberal communitarianism of the third way, nor even a form of neoliberal authoritarianism. <laughs> this is really testing my speaking skills. A lot, lot of words. Instead, the alt-right claims intellectual descent from economic libertarianism on the one hand and paleo as opposed to neoconservatism on the other. Like, I think that's so interesting because it's kind of just saying it's a new thing, right? Which I yeah. think is what everyone is craving because no matter where you sit on the political spectrum, we're all really over this like centre-left or centre-right yeah. or whatever. We want something different, mm -hmm. but it's just working better for the like for right-wing people. Of course it is. Yeah, at the end of the day, they want everyone on their side. It doesn't matter how you get them there. It doesn't matter if you have to throw in a few trad wives to the pile, even though you hate <laughs> women. Like... It's it's about kind of having the, the biggest, uh, not following, but like being the majority. So then you can go back to like good American values of like Christian ethics, religionism and traditional conservatism. And it's actually so scary. Like, have you watched Under the Banner of Heaven yet? No. Oh, my God, you should watch it. It's really good. So it's like Andrew Garfield and it's based, it's based on a true story. Like it was a true crime book about basically fundamentalist Mormons who start killing women. Like they kill one of their brother's wives and the baby, and then it's all about like basically why and what their descent into like fundamentalist Mormonism was, mm -hmm. and how they are rallying against the government because they thought the government were like taking their rights away as religious people. Yeah, this happened all in like the eighties in real life, so it's like set in the eighties, and it, I think it's obviously it's fic like it's fictionalized, but it's just like so scary and creepy to see how like yeah, being kind of having these views can so quickly descend into like violence and misogyny and all of these things under like the name of a god or a government or an influencer you really like do you know what i mean yeah that's terrifying why why would they surely they need women don't they do they want loads of wives i don't know well they only like women if they can be like well that's the thing because <laughs> i'm just going into a mormonism <laughs> chat now because polygamy got like outlawed in the 1800s ah, they were okay. like America took away our right to polygamy. We want to bring it back. And then one of the wives was like, that's fucked up. I'm going to lead you back on the course of righteousness. And then they were like, actually, no, we'll just kill you. But this is where it all boils down to like people, people's fears, people's fears of uh, their rights changing, the introduction mm -hmm. of more LGBTQ rights, the mm -hmm. government failures, government control, like economical crisis. But people are just funneling that fear into something negative that isn't gonna change anything yeah and there's negative plus like yeah it's like a fear of change ultimately so they'd rather like transgress into like backwards rights from a hundred years ago yeah than just like deal with it and realize that nothing actually is going to change for these people if other groups get more rights like their lives will not be affected yeah, your rights are not being taken away because women they're not like contingent on someone else's yeah exactly they're not contingent on someone else's lack of rights but this is what they think they think that they are they think that I know. their right to be a man is being taken away from them but it's not and it's just so like, does that not just prove the weakness of, like, masculinity if your strength is contingent on, like, another person's oppression? Yeah. Like, how does this not make sense? The whole the whole of Andrew Tate's rhetoric is bullshit because it is dependent <laughs> on women. 
and he's yeah, made his exactly. money off women. Without women, you'd be fucking nothing, babes. You'd have nothing to talk about. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He'll be back. Don't you worry, he'll be back. He will be, or they'll just be like another one. It's going to like sk- freak me out so much when it's literally like a 17-year-old that becomes really popular for this. Yeah. Well, there was that kid that's on the... Did you watch the Louis Theroux documentary about the the rise of the right? Um. Yeah, and they go and like do that weird filming on like the streets of LA yeah. and he's like really uncomfortable with it. One of those kids was like 18, just like doing a, a live yeah. show every night from his mum's basement. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. We gotta protect the kids. And then in in some of the research I did, uh, well, like loads of teachers were saying they're really they don't know how to deal with the way that kids are speaking about conspiracy theories and about misogyny because they've not been like they've never had to deal with this kind of stuff. Obviously, they've had to deal with this kind of stuff before, but it's really had like a boom like post COVID in terms mm-hmm. of like quack conspiracy theories and all these insane misogynists online. I think that's the thing like we really are dealing with this in real time so Mm -hmm. it's really hard to like look at a path and be like this is our way out of it or this is how we can fight this as feminists or as just like socially aware people it just feels the two things it feels like us and them are just grinding up against each other and there's no way to like break that cycle yeah I mean I'm trying to think positively about it, but yeah, I guess like like what we said last the end of last episode, we just have to keep on calling people's bullshit out. Yeah, and I think on like our side of the spectrum, we have to do away with the individualism that like feeds both of them. Like how I said about Molly May like peddling the same kind of like aspiration as Andrew Tate does albeit in very different ways and also no shade to Molly May um (laughs) don't come for me Molly May stands um we have to just like do away with that we have to reconstruct what aspiration is and what like political like coalition amongst our people looks like to change minds more broadly because as you said like the alt right is content with just gathering as many people as possible whereas I feel like neoliberal feminism teaches us we're all on our own yeah and it also teaches us to not attack people but to try and pull people down for not thinking the way that you feel Mm -hmm. I feel sometimes and we need to uh like the I feel like the the alt-right's like come on join us like it's very it's it's seductive to to young people and then a lot of kind of leftist stuff is very much like you shouldn't say that you don't know this it's kind of finger pointing almost I remember I did an interview when my book came out with Kieran Yates for Dazed and she was kind of saying how like she really refutes the idea that like social media bubbles or like echo chambers are bad because she was giving the example of like she's a private school abolitionist right like she thinks private school shouldn't exist so then why should she be trying to talk to 10 boys from Eton about that they're obviously not going to agree with her whereas like everyone who actually didn't go to private school but maybe still aspires to that she can like they're more the people you can talk to and like have conversations with and build like these better features with yeah the the echo chamber is important sometimes yeah 100% all right love well that is it thank you Eden thank you thank you 
to all of you listeners. Let us know your thoughts. Hope you don't hear this in cells. <laughs> Hi, Andrew Tate, if you're listening. Can you let me a tenner? Stay away from us so far right. You're not too scary. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you anymore in the Instagram comments. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, thank you to Olivia for editing this episode. Thank you to Gina and Gina, Halima, Charlotte, Patty, Grace and Izzy. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.